0: Well, you can be seated this morning. Yes. You know, in my travels, you can stay with me a little bit, though. Uh Over the years, <clears throat> a, lot of a, a lot of us in the Western culture in America really don't realize and understand this. But there's a devil loose. And you got to understand that he is spiritually active over your life. He is out to kill, steal, and destroy, deceive, depress, and to cause anxiety, worry, and fear in your life. If you've never had night paralysis, you ever get it, you'll know there's something there that wasn't there before and you can't see it. But there's a presence. It'll strike your heart with fear. Fear. I've been overseas, East Africa, West Africa, Haiti, South America. I've seen things that when they have church over there, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a natural thing to see manifestations of demonic power because people actively and openly worship demonic powers, traditional worship, voodoo, witchcraft, satanic sacrifices. And then you, you come into a place where they start worshiping God, These these demonic forces can't can't hide anymore. You're sanitizing them. You're bringing them into the light. They just can't hide. And uh, the greatest weapon that the enemy poses over us is his ability to make you think that he's not there and that he's not real. And you live a life of coincidence and bad luck, just a stroke of bad luck, I I don't know, I'm depressed, and it's probably my parents' fault, and you know, I'm angry all the time, well, you know, I'm German, and I mean, you just go down the list of the reasons why we play with and allow things in our lives, but let me just say this this morning, you have authority over every principality and power, spiritual wickedness that roams the earth today. The Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that means every, every demonic force. And maybe, maybe here in the next few weeks, well, I'll, I'll teach a little bit on demonology, fallen angels, demons. Talk about the Nephilim and, and the acts of Jesus when he encountered demonic powers and how they manifested and what they did. Don't think for a moment, you can't kill a spirit, my friend. Spirits, now you can cast them out, but you didn't kill it. They don't die. You don't die. You're a spirit. You're going to live forever. But the Bible says that the adversary, he roams to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking to see who he may devour. You see him in action all the time. He loves war. He loves murder. He loves every degenerate act that brings harm to humanity. That's, that's who he is. That's what he does. You say, well, why does he do that? Because you're made in the image of God and you are the object of God's love and affection. And the only way he has to get back at a God that he rebelled against before humanity was ever created is to torment the apex of his creation, you and I, the apple of his eye. But he's been exposed through the word and through the power of the risen Savior and through the power of the Holy Ghost. All you have to do is decide and make up in your mind that you believe that God is the winner. You got to just choose the right side of history. You got to get on the you got to get on the winning side. And once you get on the winning side and you realize that you have authority and that when you pray things happen. When you pray barren wombs are opened up. When you pray cancers disappear. When you pray, depression leaves. When you pray, demons leave your bedroom. When you pray, when you speak the name of Jesus, things happen. You are a spiritual being, but the devil has you convinced that you're nothing but a soul, flesh, blood, and bone. He is a liar. You are a spiritual being. The Bible says that God would sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. Today, I want to take just a moment. I want to talk about getting back to the source. And if you can get this today, if you can understand this today, I believe it will change your life from this day forward. This book is life changing. And the Holy Ghost of God, man, when he gets on you, he will change you. He'll do for you what a phone booth did for Clark Kent. He'll change you into a somebody when you know you're not a nobody. When you realize and understand that you were born for such a time as this and that there is an anointing available for you to complete the assignment and the destiny that God has for your life, man, there'll be no stopping you. You won't be influenced by others that will try to drag you back and pull you down. You won't allow circumstances and situations that happen in life to get you off track and sideline you for months on end. You'll just keep plowing through to victory. You'll keep pushing through enemy lines. You'll keep going from glory to glory to glory as by the spirit of almighty God. But as long as we're stuck in this pattern and this understanding of life just basically as this materialism, this three-dimensional material realm, we're going to struggle with understanding. We're going to struggle with maintaining hope, joy, and victory. But I got a word for you today. Turn to your neighbors. and say, the preacher's got a word. Yeah, hallelujah. Well, one more time, put your hands together and give God some glory to get today. Yeah. I'm glad you're here. I just so love seeing these young men and women come and sit at the feet of the Word of God. It is so important that um, we lay a, a spiritual foundation. I'm going to show you something about that today. If I could title this this morning, I would title this <clears throat> Back to the Source. The nature of a thing. The nature of a thing. Very important that you understand the source and the nature of a thing. A lot of people end up in uh, life defeat because they don't understand the sources and they don't understand a nature of a thing. So let me just give you an example this morning. Genesis chapter 1, you don't have to turn there, but I encourage you to read it this week. When God made, when he wanted fish, God spoke to the water. When God wanted trees, he spoke to the earth. When God wanted the beast of the field, he spoke to the earth. When God made man, he spoke to himself. Now, if you understand that God is creating things and attaching them directly to their source of life. So if you take a fish out of water, what happens to the fish? He dies. You contaminate the source, what happens to a fish? He dies. You take a tree out of the ground and pull it up... from the roots, what happens to it? It dies. Take a beast of the field, the cattle of the field, you take the great land grazing animals, you take them and you cut them off from eating the earth, the grass, what happens to them? They die. You separate anything from its source, you cut it off from where it comes from, it dies. So it's very important that you understand that being connected to where you come from is very important. So if you take man, for instance, and you cut man off from its source, when God made man, he what he spoke to himself. Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, after our kind. Right? There is a spirit in man, the Bible says. That sustains all of his infirmities. When God, after he formed man out of the dust of the ground, he breathed himself into him and gave him life. The dirt didn't give him life. It was God's breath, the nuah of God, the breath of God. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So you are a spirit, you live inside of a body, right? And you possess a soul. So the natural part of your body, what happens if you stop feeding your flesh? It dies. If you stop feeding your soul, if your soul no no longer has capacity, your mind, your will, and your emotion... It dies. You could become a vegetable, they say. But the spirit of a man, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1... And Genesis chapter 3, that when man decided to go against God's original intention and plan and obey him, which was to be fruitful and to multiply and reproduce what you see here in Eden all over the world under my covering, walking through with me in the power that comes from the source. The Bible says that God walked with man in the cool of the day. The Bible declares that man was covered by God. His Shekinah glory covered him. Man was in constant communion with God. God had a tabernacle, and the Bible says that God dwelt in a place on the, a mountain inside of Eden. God hung out with man. God made man to have a relationship with him. But there was certain boundaries and there were certain parameters to which that relationship and being attached to the source of life, there there was boundaries. There was certain rules that had to be engaged. And the rules that were engaged were for one purpose, to initiate and to let man know that he had the power to choose. He was not made in the image of God and therefore turned into a robot where he had no ability to choose because if man can't choose, he's not in the image of God. So God initiates the power of choice by putting a tree of the knowledge of good and evil and he says, don't touch it. Your ability to choose is initiated. Your ability to obey is initiated. The ability to to create intimacy in your relationship with God is created man thought you know the story he thought he knew better and god said if you if you touch this one if you if you eat of this tree the moment that you do that you are going to die well we know according to scripture noah or adam lived some 900 years after he disobeyed god he did not die physically at that moment He died spiritually. His spirit was disconnected from the source of life. So he was a man living inside of a body who had a spirit that was separated from its source. Like pulling a fish out of water, he was separated from its source and therefore it died. The word death itself means death. To be separated. Death is nothing more in its definition to be separated. When you bury a loved one, a family member, a friend, they're no longer there. They have separated from their body. So when you... Read in scripture, God says you're going to die. It wasn't the physical death, it was a spiritual death. Man was separated from the spiritual source of life. And if you look at man today, all he does and has done for centuries is try to find out what is missing in my life. If you look at... Things that are in their element, they succeed. So, you know, the elements of the earth they are the 118 elements on the periodic chart, and they are the baseline of everything. You combine these elements, and they make up certain compounds, and they produce H2O, two hydrogen, one oxygen. What do you got? Hey, all right. These are are the base elements, and as long as these elements work together, it produces success. It produces things. You ever talk to somebody and and say, man, you know, when Noah's on the stage, he's in his element. Right? He is doing something that works for him. He's doing something that he succeeds at. You may have a friend that's a businessman. Man, when when he's in the office, he's in his element. You may be a a crane operator. Man, when he sits in that seat, he's in his element. You may be a mathematician. You may may be something. Whatever, Whatever you are, whatever you're... God intended you to be, whatever your potential is, whatever God put inside of you, the reason why he allows you to breathe air, there's something inside of you. If you tap into uh, that thing, the elements will all come together, right? You'll succeed at it. That's why man, the Bible says that God gave man dominion over all the earth, right? When he died in the garden, he didn't lose dominion over the earth, He lost connection with God. That's why man has control still to this day over all the elements. That's why man can build great cities without God. That's why man can tap into great scientific invention without God. He has a mastery over the elements. He just lost connection with God. So man continues to develop and to build and to grow and and to to take mastery over the the fish of the sea, the fowls of the air, the elements of the earth, and he builds and he creates and, and, and he builds great cities and great inventions and homes and businesses. Man, that part of man is still in his element, A lot of people say, well, what do we need God for? We got mastery over the elements. We can build without God. We can succeed without God. We can do a lot of things without God. Why is that? Because God didn't take that away from you. You didn't lose that in the garden, but you lost something else in the garden. That's why no matter how much mastery man has over the elements and how great of cities he can build and how great of businesses they can build, whatever you do, how great of a songwriter and a singer you can become and how many people that you can perform in front of, when you step out of that element, you walk into there's still something missing. You can have a great marriage, you can have a great relationship with friends, you can have great relationship, relationships in your life, but those things work when they operate in the proper element. You step out of that relationship, I remember when I was a teenager, before I knew God, I was tapping into the power of the flesh and I was tapping into the power of the the material elements and trying to garner success from that. And I remember, you know, as a teenager, you'd have a girlfriend, the worst thing that could happen, man, that girl would break up with you and you would just like fall apart. I would fall apart. And I would think that I was lost. And what am I going to do? I can't survive this thing. Basically, those relationships, those things that we build, those things that we do, those elements that we think we have mastery over, we try to make them feel something, fill a void in our life that makes us complete, that makes us happy, that makes us fulfilled. But you take one of those things away, you're going to feel lost and depressed. Take a microphone out of Noah's hand and tell him you're never going to sing again. You're never going to play again. He'll feel like he's lost something. Take a woman out of a man's life, he'll feel like he's lost something. He's he's lost control of something. He feels like there's been that a, a void created. Whatever you have mastery over, take it out of your hands and you're going to feel like, "Oh my gosh. Depressed. Broken. It's over. It's the end." Because you think that those things are what you're really needing to live. That com- you complete me, honey. You make, this, this piano completes Noah. That girlfriend, that boyfriend, they complete me. That business, those digits in my bank account, they complete me that house, that right car, that, that right school, that right neighborhood. They complete me. I've got mastery over certain things, and I'm a builder, and I take charge over these elements, and look at what I can produce within the elements. And you think that completes you, but why is it Whenever you make these great accomplishments, well, if I had one more child, if I had another spouse, if I could have another girlfriend, if I could have a better job, if I can make just five more dollars an hour, if I could just drive a nice car like so-and-so, if I could just live in that neighborhood, and then you get there, and then you want something else. You're never going to fill that void on the inside of you. Because the void that is on the inside of you is not attached to the source of the material elements that you feed it. It's not what it's looking for, it's not what it's hungering for. Man, the Bible talks about over there in the book of Acts, chapter 16, where um, Paul was speaking to the Athenians, the Greeks. In his day, the Greeks were philosophers and they were, they were very proud people and they were artistic. And you know, Alexander the Great, uh, and, and just put the Greeks on the map. The Bible says that Greece ruled the world at one time. He was one of the main powers that ruled the world. And, and Paul, on his missionary journeys, he goes to this place called Mars Hill. And he sees all these Athenians these Greeks from Athens, he sees them all and he goes to this place called Mars Hill and they have there a temple built to what they said, the unknown God. And Paul says, I perceive that you're a very religious people, yet even out of ignorance, you do worship God. They're searching for something. They want want to connect with a spiritual aspect. They want to tap into something that no other thing and no other element in this world has ever filled. People know there's more. They've been seeking God and worshiping God in many ways. Go there and let's read this together. Acts chapter 17. You're going to love this. As you're turning there, let me refer you to another story of Jesus approaching this Samaritan woman in John chapter 4. They called her the woman at the well. She was there to draw water out of Jacob's well. Jesus comes up to her and he says, hey, draw me some water. She goes, I don't have anything to draw with. How is it that you ask me for water? And Jesus says to her, he says, if you knew who it was that was telling you to draw water for him, you would ask of him to give you living water. Living water, who in the Bible he says, this water from this well, you drink it, you're gonna thirst again. You tap into this material realm and you'll be successful whatever you do, you're going to thirst again. You drink this natural water here, it might sustain you, it might refresh you, but you're going to thirst again. I, don't, I have a great relationship, i got a great girlfriend, i got a great boyfriend, you're going to thirst again. Why don't people stay with one person? Why is divorce prevalent in Christianity? Why is infidelity? Why is a thing even being paraded around social media, you know, taking pride in body counts? Because you're thirsting again. You're thirsty. You took a drink, satisfied for a minute. But you thirst again. Why can't I satisfy all of her needs? Why can't she satisfy all of his needs? Why are they thirsting again? What are they looking for? I'm not enough. I thought I I thought I was enough. I thought my beauty was enough to hold you. I thought my personality was enough to hold you. I thought my money was enough to hold you. I I, I thought my humor was enough to hold you. I thought you loved me. But yet you thirst again. Oh, not me. Liar, liar, pants on fire. I told my wife a long time ago when we first met some 30-something years ago, back in 1988. Most of you weren't even born then or even thought of. Some of your parents weren't even born yet. When we started our relationship in church with God, around the Word of God, with the Bible... We came to an early understanding. And I used to tell her, I said, honey, there's some things you're going to try to get from me that I can't give you. There's some things that you think it's my, my responsibility to give you. But the fact of the matter is, the deepest resources of your existence demand something that I do not possess the ability to give. There's something in man that needs only one thing to satisfy, and it comes from the source. I'm not the source of your security, I'm not the source of your hope. I'm not the source of your trust. I will let you down. Because I'm not the source. I'm just a thing. I can pacify you for a moment, but if I let you look at me under a microscope, it won't take long for you to be disappointed in what you see. I thought you were loyal. I thought you were faithful. I thought you would never look at another woman. I thought you would never have a wandering eye. I thought you'd never look at another man. Get it under a microscope. You're going to see contamination. And what you're needing, I'm not the source. But I know who the source is, my friend. I know that you can still feel secure when someone has made you feel unsecured. I know you can feel trust when someone has made you feel a lack of trust, when trust was broken. I know you can feel hope when the situation looked hopeless. You can have peace, joy, hope, and love when everything around you that you put your trust in, that you put your investment in, lets you down. Jesus says, you would ask of me, and I would give you living water, and you would never thirst again. I know, baby, I'm good looking. I'm all that, and a bag of chips, and I'm funny, and I'm strong, and I got it together, you know. Right. Look at me. I, 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 I know I know all that. But as good as I am, and I can give you all I can, but if that's all you get, you're gonna thirst again. But I'm gonna give you living water where you'll never Thirst again. Oh, just stop right there, people. Think about that. You're never going to thirst again. And he tells her it will be a wellspring of everlasting life. Oh, and then... He does something very interesting. Oh, gosh. All right, go. I, yes, I'll go there first. Go back to John. I'll get to Acts. Maybe. Oh, my Lord. All right. you got, is this okay this morning? Because I do have a conclusion. There is an ending. It's very important that I don't stop right now. <laughs> Because you'll be wanting. (laughs) John chapter 4, he says, verse 7 it comes a woman from Samaria to draw water, and Jesus said, Give me to drink. For this, his disciples were going away unto a city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of the Samaritan unto him, How is it that you ask me, being a Jew, ask me, uh, a Samaritan, uh, for water? You know the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said, If thou knewest the gift of God those before you, ask me to give you a drink of him, and he would give thee living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, how, how then nothing? I have nothing to draw with, and, and the well is deep, from whence when hast thou that living water? He's still thinking the natural. He's thinking spiritual. How can I go get that water? It's deep. I got nothing to draw with. You're missing the point. He talks about, he said, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave this well and gave drink to himself and his children's cattle? And Jesus said on the, whosoever drinketh, this verse 13, this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a wellspring. Of everlasting life mm. Mm. drink that water, it give you a temporary life. Drink my water, you'll have everlasting life. Don't miss it. You drink this water, you drink the HTO, H2O, the elements that you have mastery over, drink it, feed the dirt. That your spirit lives in. It'll give you life for a minute. But you're going to thirst again. And it's not life everlasting. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither, Neither come hither to draw. Give me this water. Is there anyone that would just say this morning, Jesus, if this is true, Give me a drink of that. Oh, ho, ho, ho. that's what your neighbors are missing. That's what your, that's what your family members are missing. They don't, have no, they don't have a problem drinking and drawing the natural elements that gives them life, but they're missing everlasting life. They're missing that wellspring of hope. Jesus said in verse 16, watch now, and he breaks it down. He really breaks it down. Go call thy husband and come hither. And the woman answered and said, I don't have a husband. Jesus said on her, Thou hast said well, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. You've been drinking a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I'm calling her out, but I'm calling myself out. I'm calling you out. Jesus is calling us out. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, God. You're not married. you not wanna, You got you. You've been drinking. You got five husbands, and you've been drinking out all of them, and you're still looking. You're still thirsty. Yeah. Ain't that a thing? You got five husbands, and the one whom thou's with now is not your husbands. And that thou says truly. This woman says, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> Whoa! Don't let me go prophet on you. <laughs> don't let me call you out. Don't, don't, no, Lord, I don't want to know nothing about nobody. <laughs> Unless it's to save their life. You know, that still happens. You know, God will speak to you today about somebody in a certain situation that you can go and pray and cut it off of the past and make a phone call and say, hey, what's going on here? This is something that the Lord showed me. Search this out for me. Oh my gosh, how'd you know that? How'd the Lord take you there? He's talking to you. He'll give you a dream. You'll have discernment. You can know things about people. I tell my wife all the time, don't tell me that. I don't want to know that. (laughs) I don't want to know. That's some people's problems. They just think they got to know everything. (laughs) I don't have the capacity. My hard drive is not that big. We don't even talk gigabytes, man. We're talking, you know... Pentium 250, some kind of stuff, you know. Pentium, y'all don't even know what that is. I don't want to know. If the Lord wants me to know, he'll tell me. (laughs) Yeah, look what happens here. This is so good. I perceive you're a prophet, verse 20. Our father's prophet, now here, we're going spiritual now. We're getting off of the water that didn't satisfy all five of those dudes, all of them losers. <laughs> Our fathers worshiped in the mountains, and you say that they worship in Jerusalem. It's the place where this is the place where men ought to worship in Jerusalem. Jesus said unto him, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when ye shall neither worship at the mountain nor in Jerusalem. Worship the Father. Ye worship, ye worship, you know not what you worship. And you think that worship and salvation is of the Jews. Verse 23 says, but the hour comes and now is when true worshipers shall come and worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. Verse 24, for God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Wow, how did we go from this woman having five husbands drinking water from a well to worship? He flipped the script. He got her attention when he called her out with a word of knowledge and said, I know who you are. And she said, You're a prophet. I perceive you're a prophet. Okay, you want to go spiritual? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about what you said earlier about this living water that you'll never thirst again. What does that have to do with worship? It's all about connecting to the source. Young people, listen to me. Connect to the proper source, and you'll have the proper outcomes. That's why man can do great things but he can't tame his immoral behavior. I can build great cities but why do I want to behave like this? I can solve great math equations but why am I degenerate in my heart and my mind? Why do I think like this but yet I feel unclean? Because All of that part of you is connected to the elements by which it flourishes except your spirit. And because you're not connected to the spirit who is the spirit of holiness and morality, you can have all this other stuff and still be a degenerate in your heart and in your mind. And you can build yourself up to a place of where you feel good about your elementary success, but you still come up wanting and something is missing. We master the world, but we can't master our own flesh. Something is missing. Jesus says, if you want living water, it comes from a different source. The source isn't the elementary. (laughs) Even though you think you're smart because you have dominion over the elementary. No, that was given to you by God in Genesis 1. Let man have dominion over the elements." And when man fell, he didn't lose dominion over the elements. That's obvious. He lost dominion over his spirit, over his morality, over his flesh, over his passion, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. I've mastered everything, but for some reason, I need to drink from another source to master the flesh, to master the heart, to master the soul. Because all of these elements I can build with and build upon, but I can't tame my Tongue, because the source to tame your tongue and your passion isn't one of your five husbands, lady. <laughs> Can I get a witness up in here? <sighs> So Jesus says, it's time to connect back to the source. Worship comes in spirit and in truth. Why do we worship in here? Why do we raise our hands? Why do we shout and dance and praise and run and act a fool for Jesus? Why do we feel like we're spectacles in an elementary world when we're tapping into something that's not in the elementary, it's, In the spiritual. It doesn't feel right because it's not elementary. It's not supposed to feel right. It's spiritual. It's your spirit connecting with God's spirit, expressing itself through a natural hands. My my hands raise up like this because my spirit is raised up like this. My feet dance like this because my spirit dances like this. My mouth sings like this because my heart sings like this. My body behaves like this because God gives me the strength to say no to that. Only the spirit man can tame an untamable heart. The Bible says the heart is wicked above everything else. Who can know it? And yet we think we have become gods ourselves because we master the elements. Yeah, but you're still wanting. Why do you want to go to space? Why do you want to go to the moon? You can't get there, friend. It's out of the elements that you have dominion over. Sorry, That's the firmament. You have no dominion over there. Stay down here, launch your rockets, and watch them fail. You can't do that. It's not in your element of success. I can't get any help. Let them have dominion over all the earth. Fowls of the sea, fowls of the air, fish of the sea. Let him be fruitful and multiply, and let him go to the moon and collect rocks. No, didn't say that. That lesser light that's in the firmament is there, placed by God for his purpose, not yours. The earth was created for you. Take mastery over the elements, enjoy, and do what you can. But you're still wanting. Wow, yeah, we're trying to build a tower to Babel. We want to go up. Why? Why the Tower of Babel? Why the high-rise buildings? Why rockets to the moon? We're wanting something's missing, man. And it's up there somewhere. It's at another place, at another time, in another dimension. Something on the inside of me longs for something that I can't see. And to the point to where you Athenians, you'll even worship the unknown God out of ignorance and build a temple to him. And let's finish this up. Go back to Acts and we're done. We'll close with this. What was that? Acts what? 17. Verse 16. And now while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was stirred within him. When he saw the city wholly given to idolatry, worshiping other things, watch this. Therefore disputed he in the synagogue with the Jews and with the devout persons. So he's there, he's checking it out. He's like, what's going on? You're all a bunch of barbarians and babblers and you're philosophers and you're worshiping. And you don't. Then he goes, verse 22. Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Oh, men of Athens, I perceive that in all things that you're too superstitious. That word actually translates religious as well. You're too superstitious. Tarot cards and astrology. (laughs) You're reaching, bro. Settle down. It's not your element. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, they were devoted to it. I found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God, whom therefore ye ignorantly worship him, I declare I unto you. Verse 24, watch us. Oh, Paul lays it out. Get this. God that made the world and the things therein seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, he dwells not in temples made with hands. Neither is worship with men's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things. And hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell All all the face of the earth. And had determined the times before appointed and the boundaries of their inhabitation. That's very good. Don't have time to preach it. But you're right where you're supposed to be. God created your boundaries. And look what he said. He said, one blood. Repent of that racism, man. Don't go there. You're messing with God's one blooded creation. No man is inferior to another man. Because what you're comparing man of color and skin based upon his ability to master elements on the earth, you're missing it. He's a spiritual being created in the image of God, and he has a destiny. And he's the apple of God's eye. You measure man based upon the mastery of elementary. Are you kidding me? You're missing it. Verse 27, that they seek the Lord, if happily they they might feel about him and find him, though he's not far from any one of us. He's close. Verse 28, for in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are are also of his offspring. For as much then, as we are the offspring of a God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is likened on to gold elements, or silver elements, or stones, elements, graven image, arts, And the art, artistry of man, the graven, graven, graven by the art of man's devices. And the, and the times of his ignorance and the times of this ignorance, verse 30, God winked. Look what he said. Okay. Go ahead and play with your elements. Go ahead and worship your trees. Go ahead and worship your cows. Go ahead and do, do what you got to do. I, because I have a, a timetable by which I'm going to reveal myself and my plan of total redemption to get you back to the source. I know you're reaching. I know you're going after God. I know you're worshiping cows. I know you're making graven images. I winked at it for a moment, but now I've shown you what's up. I winked at it. But now he says, I command all men to repent. Yeah, look what he says. Because he hath appointed, watch this, why you, why you got to repent? He's appointed a day in which he will judge the world and righteousness. And by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead, Jesus. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked, some others said, we will hear you again in this manner. Paul says, that gold's not your source. These elements, they're not your source. Lady, that H2O, you'll thirst again. Those husbands, you'll thirst again. That business deal, you'll thirst again. That pay raise, you'll thirst again. That spouse, you'll thirst again. I'm just telling you, if you want to quench that thirst, you got to go to the source. So he says, you want to get to the source, repent. What's that mean? Change your mind. I'm changing my mind. What are you changing your mind about? That worshiping that worshiping that gold can't worshiping Taylor Swift can't satisfy. Worshiping NFL. Worshiping this job. Worshiping my wife. Worshiping my girlfriend. Worshiping my husband. Worshiping the Golden Calf. Worshiping the Balfamets. Worshiping the, the astrology and worshiping the tarot cards and worshiping. Huh, I'm changing my mind about that tomfoolery. I'm, I'm changing my mind. Well, I'm, I'm turning from way. That ain't the source. That ain't it. I ain't worshiping at the shrine of a whiskey bottle. I'm not worshiping at the shrine of sex. I'm not worshiping at the shrine of relationships. I'm not worshiping there no more. You can leave me, but you can't take my joy. You can betray me because you can't take my hope. You you can walk out on me, but you can't rob me of living water because you didn't give it to me. And you can't take it away. (laughs) My wife can give me a lot of things, but there's some things she can't give me, and therefore she can't take it away. I turn to your neighbor and say, you can't take that. Oh, if you get back to your source, young man, young woman, husband and wife, if you get back to your source and turn away from idol worshiping, thinking those things are going to quench your thirst and thinking those relationships is going to take care of your problem and give you eternal hope and security, well, when they take it away, how do you feel? Do you still have hope? When your loved one dies, do you still have hope? When they walk out on you, do you still have hope? When they betray your trust, do you still have hope? When you see someone else better mastery over elements, are you jealous and are you you angry? Are you envious or do you still have hope? Are you content? I can't master these elements. They're doing a good job. I don't even know, but God, I'm content because I know whose I am. I know where the source of life is. I know where my joy is. I'm, my digits may never ring has six figures my digits may never climb I don't have that kind of mastery over elementary and I'm not worshipping anybody that does yeah. well glory to God is God good come on give him a hand clap of praise I'm, I'm done. We got to go. We got to go. So we repent. We turn away from that. We turn to. We just acknowledge that is not my source. I, you can't quench my thirst with elementary. It can only be quenched by the spiritual presence of God. I want to worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's stand to our feet. Come play just for a minute. I want everyone to take a moment and just reflect this morning. What are you thinking? Is the Holy Spirit talking to you today? Is he telling you it's going to be okay? You might be broken hearted, but they, they're not your source. You might be disappointed, but they're not your happiness. What is it this morning? What do you think? Is there anything today you just need to turn from? You're putting a lot of expectation on that relationship. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> better, better ease up. That's not your source. Just call on God this morning. Say, God, fill me up with your Holy Ghost. Fill me up with your Spirit. I want to connect back to my source. Thank you for the elements, but I need the Spirit right there, right now, where you're at. If you need to repent, just repent this morning. If you need to turn, just turn this morning and just say, God, no, I, I'm turning. I, you're my source. To the mountains of which my help comes, yes, Lord. Anybody need to just turn from some stuff and say, I, I, "I thought she was it. I thought he was it. I thought that job was it. I thought I thought that schooling my education was it. I I thought it, my man. I thought my woman. I thought that was it. But I'm still thirsty. I, I repent. This altar's open this morning just for a few minutes, as Noah worships this morning. If you want to reconnect with that source this morning, if you just need the Holy Ghost, he's not far from you. He said, he's not far. Just tell him, fill me up, Lord. You are the source of life. Come now, if that's you this morning. This ain't about anybody else. It's about you and God. I need the source. I need you, Lord.